Hello, welcome to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, there is never a dull moment during a Penguins offseason, especially today. In case anyone has been living under a rock or has not checked social media, um, there is a rumored trade that has not gone through yet that would send Penguins winger Patrick Hornquist to the Florida Panthers in exchange for defenseman. Mike Matheson, it would potentially be a one-for-one. We're not really sure yet. Kevin Weeks initially broke the trade. Then it just went silent for a while. And then Elliot Freeman and Pierre Lebrun basically said there's a glitch with it. So we're not really sure if it's going to go through or it could have to do with Patrick Hornquist's no movement clause. But to talk about this trade and a bunch of other stuff regarding the Penguins offseason, we have Jeff who runs Penn's blog. He, this will be his first time on Locked on Penguins. So Jeff, how are you doing on this crazy day for another... Uh, just another day, I guess, in the Penguins offseason. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Uh, I, I am doing uh, I'm doing great. Um, I'm recovered from a migraine that put me out of commission yesterday, mm-hmm. uh, but I am 100% today and ready to rock and roll. Yeah, we were going to have Jeff on yesterday, but you know we had to get him time to get right. And now this, this today actually worked out better because we do have this rumored trade. <laughs> so... Um, I thought we were going to be talking about Chris Tanev because that was going to be a movie that I have seen before. I didn't like it with the Jack Johnson stuff, but you know, let's just talk about this rumored trade Hornquist to Florida for Mike Matheson on the surface. I mean, that contract is pretty bad. Six more years. I was telling um, (laughs) you earlier, I'll be 29 when that contract expires. So I think everyone will be pretty a lot older, but I mean, for his on ice play, he's definitely an upgrade over Jack Johnson, but I think it would be weird if Jack Johnson is still on the team with Mike Matheson going into the year. But, I mean, what are your overall thoughts on this trade if it's a one-for-one? So, you know, it's it's tough. You know, there's obviously that that sort of – love for for Hornquist and, and the way that he plays and and all of that the, the nostalgia factor um but you know there there's no there's no uh two ways around it you know he's he's 33 he's he's making a, a lot of money against the cap and um you know he's he's on the decline um where you know with with Matheson you know you're you're really only saving half a million with him uh but like you said i mean he's he's definitely going to be an upgrade over jack johnson um no matter which way you look at it um he's he's certainly a much better skater um you know some of his on ice results haven't haven't been what you want to see out of a out of a 26 year old that it's making you know 4.875 million dollars um but you know like i said he's 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 going to be an upgrade over Johnson. Um, you put a guy like that that can skate that has pretty solid uh, transition numbers um, on this team in a third pairing capacity. Um, you know the Penguins may get better after this. Um, is as tough as it is to to see given given some of uh, some of the the data surrounding uh, Matheson's uh, Matheson's past. Yeah, and you know originally when I saw this, I was just like. No way, because I honestly didn't think Mike Matheson was that good. I also, I mean, I still don't think he's like insanely good, but I think for a third pairing role, he's fine. I mean, I looked at his skater chart. I mean, he ranks in the 93rd percentile shooting percentage, um, expected goals in the 85th percentile, skater score 87. I mean, goals, points well over 80 and 90. I mean, you compare it to Jack Johnson, basically, he looks like Jesus himself. So um, <laughs> it's just, I, I'm not, I, I'm just, I'm like kind of like on the fence. I, I'm trying to feel better 
about it. It just seems like a typical Rutherford move, I guess. But I mean, I do agree. You know, it's it's tough to see Hornquist go if and if, the, if this trade does indeed go through. Um, what a player he was. Um, I know he's making 5.3 million against the cap. I know he's gotten older. The concussions have really derailed him these last couple of seasons. He just can't stay on the ice. But I mean, he was a very big part in the Penguins championship window. I mean, honestly, I. I that move that they made to get him really just started the big change with the Penguins. I'm going to be forever grateful for that. The, the overtime goal against the Capitals, and then, of course, what he did in 2017 with beating the Predators in Game 6. It's it's definitely going to sting. He was just such a big part. But, you know, he's 33 now, like you said. He's not. He's definitely not getting any younger, and I think his production is really going to start to dip. Um, just as he gets older. I mean, I, I remember when that that contract was signed by him, I thought to myself, there's no way he was going to be playing out that contract. There was just absolutely no way, I, I think. No, I, and I, I, I would agree with you on that. Um, you know, it, uh, it was a long-term deal for, for a guy that was that was on the wrong side of 27, for, for that matter. Um, but, you know, I... I I kind of, I, I definitely agree with you there that, that you know, that, that deal, that, that Neil trade was the, the start, what did really feel like the start of all of this. Um, you know, you, you hear all the time about, about these guys that are, that are quote unquote good in the room and, and uh, all these, all these intangibles, but with, with Hornquist, you know, on a, on a shift by shift basis, you could really see exactly, you know, those intangibles that, that, you know, the hockey guys love to love to um, mm-hmm. love to build up because he was the type of guy or, and is the type of guy that will just do anything, even if it means just getting an extra shot on goal. He will put his life on the line for the team in in game like seven of the of the regular season. He, he's he's out there doing this shit on a on a regular basis. Um, so something like that's going to be going to be sorely missed. But um, again. It, like we like we talked about it you know he's he's on the decline and and you know if if you can if you can move that money out you kind of have to do it yeah he was the big prime candidate i think to be moved this offseason and it was it was so funny because i remember rob rossi and josh yo had that article in the athletic yesterday and not only not 24 hours ago they said yeah they haven't asked patrick hornquist to raise to waive his no movement clause or no trade clause yet 24 hours later it looks like they have so i absolutely <laughs> love it's just perfect timing because I think they did the same thing with Jared McCann. Oh, Jared McCann could be traded. And then like 24, 48 hours later, Jared McCann is signed to a two-year contract. So it just seems like Jim Rutherford almost like reads this and is like, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite of what you're saying. <laughs> and I'm going to ask them to move uh, – ask Patrick Hornquist to um, waive his no trade clause in exchange for Mike Matheson and the same for Jared McCann. I just realized that like 20 minutes ago and I just thought that was honestly really, really funny. But um, – <laughs> Now we can look at, I guess, the left-handed defenseman situation. Brian Dumoulin's not going anywhere. Um, there's no reason to trade him. That would be stupid. Marcus Pedersen just signed that contract extension. I really don't see him going anywhere, but it would be kind of a peak Rutherford move to do. Then, you know, we have our lovely Jack Johnson, who is still on the team for three more years. Yuso Rikula just got re-signed, and now you're adding Mike Matheson. So that is five defensemen that play on the left side. Jeff, there's got to be another move coming, right? I mean, you're really going to play one of these guys on their offside? It just doesn't really make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. Um, you know, something something has to give here. Um, my big fear, and you know, I, I don't 
I don't think Marcus Pedersen should go anywhere. I think I think he should be one of the I think of the four defensemen he or of the six defensemen rather um, that that will start on opening night. He should be in that category of of probably untouchable. Um, you know, with with Marino, Latang, and and Dumoulin. I think that that Marie, that pairing that he has with with Marino um, is just. It's your it's your perfect ideal it's a great pairing. Uh, second pairing, yeah. Mm-hmm. That can that can eat up minutes against um, against top line if they're um, if they're out there against them, uh, but obviously can can um, you know control control the puck against um, against the middle six that, that they that they typically come up against. Um, my big fear right now is that given Johnson's. Um, Given the fact that, that Marino kind of kept Johnson afloat early in the season, that that's going to be um, kind of a uh, stepping stone to to move out um, Pedersen and and let Johnson eat up minutes um, with with Marino, um, knowing that uh, that he had played uh, he had played with Marino and, and played well with Marino uh, early in the season, um, but it's it's curious because you know they they obviously they obviously signed Ricola yeah. um and and you kind of think that that's that that's the end of it and now and now Matheson's presumably coming in um so yeah something something has to break and you obviously hope that it's that it's Johnson that's that's going out um but no one's going to take that contract on uh with a flat cap and and with all the financial issues with with covid um no one's going to take that contract on straight up um the big so i guess the the big thing is is whether or not he gets moved with with murray and get into all sorts of other permutations of, of how that can how that can go go down but yeah you you almost have to think that it's something has to has to give here um you know soon i think so i mean you know part of me is hoping that he's attached with hornquist going to florida to get that cap out and then bring mike mike matheson in <laughs> It would make more sense, especially from the Penguins' perspective. I mean, that dumps Hornquist's salary and it dumps Johnson's salary, and you actually get a good chunk of salary cap room in return. I think you save at least three to four million, if I'm not mistaken, with those two contracts going to Florida and then Mike Matheson's contract coming back. I'll have to double check on that, though. So, a lot of me is hoping that that happens, but I mean, I, I think you're right. It's, it might have to be with Matt Murray's contract, but I think teams are also wary of paying Matt Murray in arbitration because it's going, he's probably going to ask for like five or six million per or something like that just because he's won two Stanley Cups. But yeah, this is, like I said, it's never a dull moment. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on um, a couple other things surrounding like defensive targets because this one really is not the worst one they could go after. You know, there's the Chris Tanev rumors and couple other players that are hitting the market, like Cody Cece. That would be a total Jim Rutherford move. But before we do get to that in the next segment, um, it's time we can talk about Bilt Bar for a little bit. There are six new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake are a few of them. The, co- the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. One of my favorite flavors is still the coconut almond. 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. They reset the promo code for this relaunch. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next, auto, your next order. Jesus, I cannot speak today. That's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, Jeff. So 
we all saw the rumors that came out about defensive targets yesterday. That was in the Athletics article. Christopher Tanev from Vancouver. I think this trade, it's definitely an upgrade over a player like that. I was reading a tweet from Ryan Wilson, who covers the Penguins for Hockey Buzz. Uh, Tanev played a lot with Quinn Hughes this past season, who is going to be winning a lot of Norrises in his future. Played 700 minutes with him. His possession was 49%. His expected goals were 50%. Quinn Hughes without Chris Tanev in the lineup, that was 427 minutes. His possession went up to 57%. His expected goals went up to 57%. And then with Tanev playing without Hughes, which was 322 minutes, his possession was 39%. And his expected goals for were 40%. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure, I, I think if you look at the trade like this, they definitely dodged a bullet by not signing Chris Tanev, assuming this trade does go through. Yeah, you you almost kind of kind of wonder, um, you know, especially with with the way that, that Rutherford um, Rutherford is, you know, will he still make a run at someone like Tanev, um, you know, when when all this is, is said and done, uh, you you hope that that he wouldn't, um, you know, if if you had told me, you know, three four years ago that that the Penguins were interested in Chris Tanev, I, I would have been all over it, mm-hmm. um, but but this year in particular. Um, you know, he was, he was really, he, he, he was bad. Um, you know, he typically has been a, a guy that's, that's thrived in a, is that sort of, um, you know, pure defensive defenseman. Um, you know, he can, he can move the puck, he can skate. Um, but, but this year, I mean, he, he hemorrhaged, um, you know, chances against, um, and again, he just, he wasn't strong at pushing the puck forward. Um, in, in helping his offense, which again is something that, you know, he's, he's never been particularly good at. Um, but you know, he's, he's going to be 31 in December. It'll be 31 when the season starts. Um, and seeing how drastically he declined this year, um, you know, from even just two or three years ago, uh, he's, he's not really a player that, that I think would, um, would fit as, as a third pairing defenseman, um, especially if he's, if he's looking at, at, you know, $5 million a year. Uh, it's, it's just not some, something that would, uh, that would really fit in with, with this team right now. Yeah. And as, as you mentioned, you know, he struggled with, if he struggled that much with Quinn Hughes, what's he going to do with, with someone like, uh, like Jack Johnson? Oh, um, it, it's, it's just asking for, it's just asking for trouble. Mm, yeah. And as I said earlier on in this episode, you know, I, I've seen that movie before, you know, because Jim Rutherford, when he sees his guy, he likes to go after him. I don't like it. I don't want to see a sequel to that. So I'm kind of glad that it looks like when they're not going to go after Chris Tanev and just get that out of here. But yeah, I mean, the other puzzling thing about that, five years for a defenseman that's going to be 31 years old, that the decline is already starting, that would have just been a really, really bad deal. I've seen a couple people on Hockey Twitter saying, you know, that... That deal that he signs could be one of the worst of the offseason. And, you know, it wouldn't really surprise me, to be honest with you, because there's always a deal like that for a player that's over 30 that signs for a lot of years that just, it doesn't pan out. You know, you look at what happened with Carl Alsner up in Montreal. I definitely could see that comparison with Chris Tanner just because of how the body is just breaking down there, I think. Yeah, and I think I think one thing that... that... Um, we all need to be a little bit cognizant of with um, with the Penguins giving out term. Um, I'm starting to become more and more, I'm leaning more and more towards being in that camp where um, term really isn't going to make much of a difference at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you, if you subscribe to the idea that the Penguins really have, you know, two, maybe three, four years left in, 
um, in this in this window, whatever you want to call it, um, before before Crosby and Malkin are are uh, no longer truly capable of of carrying a team and, and winning them a championship. Um, term isn't going to make much of a difference, you know, if they if they if they're bad in, in years three, four, five, six, um, you know, what difference does it make? Um, if they're already going to be a lottery team, uh, having some of these, some of these longer term contracts, um, for guys that are, that are going to help in the next one to three years. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more and more okay with that. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, with, with someone like Tanev, someone like Alsner, um, you know, obviously, you know, we, we can beat the, the dead horse with Johnson all we, all we want, but, uh, the, the latter years of, of contracts like that are going to look extremely bad. Um, especially if it's a team that, that's trying to contend. Yeah, I totally understand. I totally get that point too. I mean, I need to start realizing that cause you know, Sean Gentilly had a really good article, um, last year about the brain and Tanev contract cause it was for six years and everyone like me, myself included was like, why did you have to go six years to get him? And then he had that great article basically saying like, who gives a shit that they're going to be retired. Crosby, <laughs> Malkin, Latang are probably going to be retired by that point anyway. So it's kind of a new point. So it's like, yeah, I think I need to start realizing that as well, especially with Mike Matheson. He's, Crosby, Malkin are not going to be here. I don't think in six more years, they're going to be basically what 40 years old at that point. So I think they will be, I would, Hope I think they'll be retired by that point, but who knows? Maybe they'll still be trying to play a couple more seasons. But yeah, so I did also want to touch on this. He tweeted about this this morning. Say this trade like does not go through, and there's a report saying right now that apparently um, the reason the trade has not gone through is because they've been unable to reach Patrick Hornquist in Sweden. So that is pretty funny. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, what time? What time is it in Sweden right now? I'm going actually to wonder is i'm actually going to google that right now on the podcast so i think it's i think it's about 6 37 o'clock right now yeah it's 7 30 right now so he's probably eating dinner right now so sorry patrick <laughs> they're probably trying to bother you during your dinner time so yeah never a dull moment on this podcast for that but you know say this trade um somehow does not go through and patrick hornquist um actually vetoes it because he does have a no trade clause i think it might be a full no movement clause but i'm gonna have to double check on that um, you had a tweet this morning about Kevin Shattenkirk. Um, I would be all for that. I think he would maybe be looking for a three to four year deal, maybe in the three to point five to four million per range. I think he made less than two million per this season on a basically a take it deal to get his stock back up. Was really really good for Tampa Bay. Um, if this doesn't go through, man, and they want to get a defenseman on the right side, just how good of a fit would that be for the Penguins? Yeah. So. Um... Like you said, I, I, I tweeted a little bit about this uh, this morning. Um, you know, he's he's really good in transition. Um, and you know, if if you're if you're looking at a at a third pairing that's that's going to be Johnson plus whatever um, whoever they go out and get, uh, whether it be in free agency or um, or with you know Chad Ruiz or if they trade Rust for uh, for for a third pairing right guy, um, you know, with with um, with anything with, with Johnson, I think the, the big thing is going to be having a guy that can, that can skate the puck out of the, out of the defensive zone. Um, you know, these, these guys aren't, um, you know, you watch, you watch when Johnson's on the ice, they, they kind of get hemmed in and mm-hmm. have to pass the puck out and, and whatnot. Um, with, with Shattenkirk, you have a guy that, um, you know, he's, he's in the, the 72nd 
percentile um, as far as as far as his exit rank um, based on uh, data tracked by by Corey. I'm gonna guess his last name Snyder. Um, I've never actually learned how to pronounce his last name. I can't, At I shutdown can't, line on, he does on great Twitter. work though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Sean Tierney, um, at charting hockey, um, visualizes a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that, that other people, um, that other people track. Um, but Shattenkirk's a guy that that's great at, at carrying the puck out of his, out of his own zone. Um, you know, he's, he's pretty good at, at entering the, the offensive zone with the puck on a stick as well. Um, but I think that's the type of guy that, that you, that you need to pair with Johnson eating up those, those, um, those minutes on the third pair. Um, you know, you compare you compare someone like Shattenkirk to to Justin Schultz, um, and looking at the at the same data, um, mm-hmm. Schultz is below average at um, at exiting the puck, um, you know, carrying it out of the uh, out of the defensive zone, and frankly, not very good at um, uh, at passing the puck out as well. So um, there there was a there was obviously a fit issue with with Schultz and Johnson, and then you know, comparing even that to um, to John Marino, mm. um, Marino found himself close to the, the 75th percentile as far as um, exiting the puck out. So if you're looking at, at the two basically most common partners when, when Johnson was playing third line or third pairing minutes um, in, in Schultz and Marino, Shattenkirk tracks a lot more closely to Marino where, you know, you had that success with, with, with Johnson. Um you know, I, I, one of the one of the things I think that that Shattenkirk never really got enough credit for throughout his career is that he's he's a decent defender. Um, you know, his his shot suppression metrics are are you know above average. Um, you know, obviously we we know about his his flair for um, for the offense um, back to to his days in St. Louis where he just put up you know so many points, right? Um, and and like you said, he kind of had a renaissance um, with with Tampa this year. Um, I just don't know. I don't know about the cost, you know, obviously he, he made less than less than 2 million this mm-hmm. year. Um, you know, if you, if you look at uh, contract projections from, or from, you know, say evolving hockey, they have him over, um, over 5 million. Yeesh. Um, yeah. So that, that's going to be a tough fit. If, if that's what the, what the open market's going to look like for, for a guy like Shattenkirk. But if you can get him in it, it you know, even four million, um, I think. I think it's something that that you have to kind of take a shot at. Um, yeah. And you know, similar to um, you know to why you wanted someone like Justin Schultz in the lineup. If say Latang goes down, you have someone that can that can run the power play. And Shattenkirk throughout his career has has been a great power play guy. Um, this year alone, um, relative to to the league average, um, you know, he added. Um, he was 10% above as far as expected goals for, for 60 minutes um, on the power play with Tampa. And largely that's, that's in what second pair of minutes. So, you know, he can, he can, uh, he can run the show on the power play, um, you know, kind of gives you, gives you a little bit of flexibility there. He's a right shot, obviously. Mm. Um, and, and is, is a decent defender. So I think that that's a guy that, that really fits, um, fits the mold of, of this Penguins team. Yeah, uh, I, I'm glad you brought up the power play thing, you know, just because, especially if Chris Letang gets hurt and he, he's had his injury problems throughout his career, he can step into the top power play unit. I know John Marino could too, and I don't really think they could miss a beat. He's been really, really good on the power play uh, throughout his career. I mean, if Letang is healthy, obviously he can quarterback the second unit, so 
that would be awesome. But yeah, it would just be, I think, a really, really good signing. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm kind of coming away with term, I guess. I don't really care too much at this point. But as long as you can get him for like a good cap hit, like maybe $4 million per or something like that, I'd be all for it. Um, but to uh, we're still touch on the purple here. I'll, I'll just keep you for a couple more minutes. We'll talk about Matheson for that. I do know Matheson was on the power play at times with the Panthers. Um, assuming this trade does go through, and wow, I'm going to keep saying that until this podcast is over with. Um, do you think he could make a play for uh, getting some power play units, especially on the second unit, away from someone like John Marino? Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I think with. Um with the likes of, of Marino and, and someone like Matheson, who I think has a, has a pretty decent shot from the point. Um, you know, I think, I think that's, that's a, that's a likely scenario. Um, you know, then, then after the power play is done, you can get the likes of, of Dumoulin and, and Pedersen out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you're, you're not really, um, you're not really losing too much, um, on the back end. Um, but yeah, I, I I could I could see Matheson if 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 that's the case, um, you know, being a guy that that does take take up some uh, some second pair minutes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on that, and um, I think that might be all for this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. Uh, what a wild day it's already been! I'm sure it's going to get wilder, especially if Patrick Hornquist actually knows to pick up his phone in Sweden and is uh, done eating with his family. So who knows um, what's going to happen there? But uh, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. And I definitely want to have you on as we get closer to free agency and um, throughout, honestly, the offseason as it's it's going to be a wild, wild ride here for the Penguins. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. And thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. I really had enjoyed having you coming on. So we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. If this trade breaks through, if this trade goes through, I'll break it down for you all tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned for that. Hope you all have a great day and I will talk to you all then.